Hello, everyone. Welcome to Privacy Tech Talk, the podcast where, yeah, you guessed, we talk about privacy and technology. My name is Carlos Chalico, and I am very excited today with my co-host. Fahad Diwan. We have a very interesting guest. Fahad, can you please tell us who we have today? Absolutely. It's somebody that I've been meaning to speak to for some time now. We have Maxim from Taurus a company that is taking a very unique approach on reducing the risks when it comes to sharing data. And those of you who may be unfamiliar, this is a massive, massive problem in the privacy industry. Organizations want to share data with one another to solve meaningful problems like money laundering, even child trafficking, but obviously sharing data with different institutions carries a whole set of risks. So on that point, and without further ado, we have Maxim, the co-founder and CEO of Saris. Max, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Carlos, thank you for having me on the show. I'm very excited to be sharing a bit more about privacy in general, uh, what we do at Saris as well. So looking forward to it. Great, great. So before we get into Saris, I am, uh, and I think our listeners will be too, very curious about your background. This isn't your first startup and you don't come necessarily from the privacy space. So can you just let us know a little bit about yourself? What's your story? How did you decide to focus on this problem? Yeah, sure. So yeah, actually it's my second startup. And the first one was with two co-founders and the second one is with the exact same co-founders. So it's been almost 10 years we worked together. And we started the first one in marketing. And that's a space that's been actually pretty disrupted over time by privacy regulations. Uh, at that time, we were helping publishers uh, monetize their data and their inventory. So it was heavy on data, heavy on optimization techniques and so on. And we came to realize that privacy was becoming like one of the biggest concerns on how to manage data when you're a data scientist and work on those kinds of problems. Eventually, that company got acquired by Verizon. Uh, so that was a pretty happy ending. Worked there for a few years. And uh, we kept thinking about this, like, hey, well... We are data scientists. We want to play with data. We don't care about like individuals. We don't want to see individual's data. We just want to be building models, insights. Should be a way to combine those, like to reconcile those, to be able to leverage uh, personal data, but not put it at risk. Because at the end of the day, what we were building was models or, or insights. And that's why we decided to start Saris. So Max, what is the exact problem that you are trying to resolve? The exact problem is... How do you get access to a very sensitive data set that you need for a particular research? Uh, there are ways it's done today, like people do medical research, so they get access to data to do so. But the way it's done is through some techniques called anonymization, which is not making the data anonymous. It's actually the other way around. You take the data and you make it Sometimes it's called pseudonymous, so you remove what's obviously identifying, but still related to individuals. So they might still be ways to relate it to one person. So that's one way it's commonly done. And eventually the data scientists, the researchers have full access to the data. So today, this process is something that either is blocked by internal policies when it comes to sharing data with, for example, a partner bank or text month. Sarah sits between the data and the researcher, data scientist, data analyst, and enables them to work on the data without ever seeing it. But that's only half of the story because we also need to make sure that the results that they end up extracting don't carry privacy based. So we do both. We let them leverage work on data without seeing it. And for the data owner, we provide a guarantee. Max, why do you think this is an important problem to solve? This is an important problem because the data, the value of data is very taxed today. 
It's when you think about like healthcare, for example, but we'll also discuss some financial cases and if I had mentioned like fighting criminal activity, uh, human trafficking and so on. When you look at those use cases, you to solve those, to understand those properly and to solve those, you need a lot of personal data. It could be the patient data. It could be mobility information on people. It could be transactional data. So this data exists today. The problems exist as well, but connecting the two is not possible trivially because connecting the two means like you put that data, that personal data at risk. So today, it's, most of those are either impossible to do or take a huge amount of time and risk to be carried out. Max, I will ask you a question that I think is very, very challenging. Think of me as your favorite nephew. I'm five years old. And I want to understand what your solution does. Is it possible for you to try to explain to me your products from that perspective? Of course, assuming that you're familiar with studying something, doing research. So if you're interested in knowing like how many people go to a particular store, like uh, how, what, what kind of candies people buy. Today, the way you would do it is that you would ask data about that store, that mobility, that consumption patterns. This is getting access to individuals' lives. You get into seeing what people do on a day-to-day. Maybe okay sometimes, but people can be very anxious with their information being out there. So what we offer instead with SARS is that you're never going to be able to see this information that you need, but you're still going to be able to do the research, the analysis that you want to do by using the product. So it lets you manipulate this information without seeing it. Thank you, Max. And I think that's the best you could explain it to a five-year-old. I think when you first told me about your technology, it just sounds very revolutionary, right? You're able to essentially anonymize data being shared while still being able to derive insights from it. And I particularly think this is an important problem to solve because in privacy and as privacy professionals, sometimes we think of it as zero or one solution or a win or loss mindset, right? We can't have some of these insights about customers while still respecting privacy. And the great thing about your technology is that it's really allowing us a a pragmatic way forward. It recognizes that, look, we don't want to lose the insights that we're getting, and we still want organizations to be able to benefit from aggregating data and analyzing data to create whether it's better products or solutions or make their operations more efficient. But we can still do that while minimizing the harm to an individual's privacy. So on that point about the value that you're creating, who are your customers? What markets are you focusing on? So we have three main markets, though the application probably goes even further. The main markets are finance, healthcare, and marketing. The customers, the the use cases tend to be slightly different in each vertical, but it's always the same product. I'm going to give you some examples and can discuss this. If you think, for example, in healthcare, it's probably the most straightforward. Patient information is in hospitals, data centers. It's where practitioners do carry out care. This information is useful. For researchers, they work in labs, public labs, private labs, pharmaceutical labs. There's not an easy way to move the data from one place to another for all the privacy constraints that that we discussed. Sarah sits in the middle and enables those hospitals to tap the value of their data sets. That's a big asset that's uh, for both for them, but also for medical research by enabling external practitioners, researchers to work on it without having to send data over without taking risk of data breaches, for example. 
This is one example. It's easy to see because it's like one entity sharing their insights to another one. There's another application for which is data sharing between two uh, where they want to join their respective databases. So this is what we see in marketing. It's also what we see in, in financial organizations when they want to combine two data sets to work together. In marketing, for example, you would have like brands that want to uh, combine the data with the retailers that actually sell the products. They don't want to study the joint information, come up with like better AI models or strategies, marketing strategies. It makes sense to combine the two. But this, you need to pull the data in one place, but then you don't want to expose one another's data to the other party. And you find this also in financial organizations that want to mutualize and pull their financial transaction data for anti-money laundering, for example, which is one use case we demonstrated recently. Max, based on this, I clearly see researchers in the healthcare sector being users of your solution and data analysts in the financial and marketing space. But who else do you see as users of what you do? So I think the idea is that the, the end users will be the people who need the data for research. So it's always going to be the analysts or the data scientists. So we have like a SQL API for doing BI analysis, and we have a Python machine learning API for doing data analysis. So the end users are going to be uh, people who are familiar with manipulating data. They are going to build, whether it's research insights, dashboards for businesses to, to use or for decisions to be made. So we're always going to focus on them as the end users, but the value gets created for the broader organization. So, I mean, that's the, the general value of data. It goes to business decisions in the end or like pushing like better machine learning models, for example, that have seen more data have been better trained to make better decisions. That's really well said, Max. Again, I think your technology is solving a problem that's very important and is and we need to solve in the industry. Another facet of this problem is that we have a trust deficit when it comes to sharing data. Customers are very skeptical, but also chief privacy officers and other compliance professionals within organizations. So in November, we held an event where we had privacy leaders from three different industries come into one room. We had people from retail, from healthcare and from the financial services industry. We had chief privacy officers. We had regulators like the OPC, provincial regulators. We even had technologists who were building privacy enhancing technologies all come into one room and talk about this problem of sharing data with one another and whether we could do it responsibly. And one thing we noticed was in many ways, the technology is there, but there is still so much fear within organizations to share this data. And part of the reason why is there's a lack of guidance from regulators. And it was funny because the regulators were in the room so we could take uh, shots at them directly. But on this point, and you briefly alluded to this earlier, SARS has been doing some very interesting things in France where you had a project with Microsoft and some financial regulators. Can you please talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, this is a very good illustration that France is trying to address that exact point, which, by the way, I think is shared across financial regulators. The French financial supervisor, not actually in that case, set up like a text print to push all the banks, all the banks, the regulated banks in France, to go and see all what, what was new in terms of privacy technologies. They organized this event where 10 to 20 privacy technologies came and pitched their solutions to solve this confidential data pooling problem. And they suggested that the banks just 
get together and select one. So there were there was a consor- three consortiums of banks that uh, selected a technology to test. A couple of consortiums selected us. We made a proposition that was together with Microsoft and EY, actually, where we were using Ceres as the uh, privacy solution to access the data using Microsoft Azure Computing, protect the data where it was stored. And EY was the, the brain of everything, doing the, the machine learning and the analysis for fighting criminal uh, fraud, uh, criminal transactions. And this is a good illustration because this is it comes from the incentive of the regulator that says, well, not only do I allow you to go further to share this data within yourself, but I'm going to help you there. And they brought their uh, data protection authority as well. They were in the room and they said, well, we're going to do this experimentation where we're going to uh, take data from all I mean, several several banks, put it together and prove that it adds value. And we're going to do it in a way that's compliant with financial regulations, but also do it in a way with the data protection authority. And I don't think the banks or the, even the vendors would have been able to do that on, the, on, the, on themselves. I mean, it had to come with this incentive of being regulated. Max, with all this experience you have shared and the level of exposure you have had, what do you see as big opportunities for privacy or privacy technology in the future? I think this is really the beginning of making data useful to others. What's been like data has been used in the past well, 20 years or more internally. You have your data and you use it. And to a large extent, this is also solved from a privacy perspective within an organization. People are within fintech, within a hospital. People have found ways to use the data for themselves. But the value of that data for collaboration is largely intact. Those privacy solutions make that possible. When you think of hospital data, the value of the data for the hospital is for the care, but all the value for advancing science is outside, is in pulling data from many hospitals on one side and working with many researchers, for example. And you have the same in all the industries. You have the same in mobility. You have the same for urban planning, for example. You have the same in energy management for sustainable goals. And you have the same in like, tracking financial activities, like fraudulent activities and so on. So this is still untapped and this is made possible by privacy technologies. Thank you, Max. So I think, or I hope that many of the people from financial services in my network will be interested in reaching out to you and learning more about your technology. How can they get in touch with you and other people in our network? And also as adjunct to that, can you also provide some parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah, definitely. So thank you for for having me today. I think the best way you can check out series.tech which is our website, and you can drop us a line there. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Max and Agostini, and I'll, say, I'll be very happy to respond. Happy to have exploratory conversations in, in all those fields. So again, like finance, healthcare, and retail marketing is probably where the most active today, but we think the applications range much further. As a final word, I think the past 10 years, we've kind of set the rules for privacy, like uh, regulator, regulations have been passed, People like took notice that you had to be careful. And to some extent, it did not change the way we protect data. It's more we acknowledged that we needed to protect data. We didn't open the data more. And also, well, the fines have been been defined. Like now you know that if the breach happens, you're in trouble. So now everyone took notice. But to some extent, there hasn't been much changes to how data is protected. It's still at the end of the day, all the analysts at the bank have access to 
like a tremendous amount of data. And this is just risk that's out there. And the risk is everywhere with every, every person having access to data. So what we hope is that for the next 10 years, having access to personal data should be the exception. Now it's going to be private by design. It's not just Saris, it's the entire organization that, that would work in the direction where it's not okay to have access to personal data unless you're doing like, again, patient care. Of course you do need that, but like anyone else, well, it should not be okay. And I think as a community of privacy players, we hope to be building that world where you can still like get your data to be used and be useful for you and for your fathers uh, without privacy risk. Maxime Agostini from Saros Technologies, thank you so much. That was a very powerful closing message, and I think it's very promising to see how different players in the ecosystem are working on enabling privacy by design. Do you know where to find Max? He has already provided his coordinates. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter, Carlos Chalico, and on LinkedIn. Yes, you guessed, Carlos Chalico as well. Fahad, what about you? And you can reach me on LinkedIn at Fahad Iwan. Thank you so much. And this podcast was produced by Sofia Perez. Thank you, Sofia, for that. And thank you so much again, Max, for being here. Thanks, Fahad, for sharing the time. And thank you all for listening to us. We will talk to you soon. Bye.